the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our reviews of the player cards in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the Rogue Customizable cards. We are going to discuss Damning Testimony, Friends in Low Places, and Honed Instinct. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing, respectively. Cards that you build around or cards that are good in one particular deck get a Bless token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or are simply bad for the big game get a Curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. You all rock! If you'd like to be amazing like these people and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty, Nicole Fiscus, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for their contributions to the channel. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to our reviews of the player cards in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. We are making our way through the customizable cards in the box. Just a quick reminder that we are not giving these cards ratings due to the uh, various abilities that they can have. We are going to take a look at the rogue cards. The first one is Damning Testimony. It's a four-cost asset with an intellect skill icon item and illicit trait. Customizable uses three evidence as an action exhaust Damning Testimony and choose an enemy at any location. Investigate your location. If you succeed, you may spend one evidence to discover one additional clue at the chosen enemy's location, and it takes up a hand slot. Damning Testimony comes with six customizations. For 1 XP, you can get Search Warrant. While investigating using Damning Testimony, you may ignore any effect or keyword on the investigated location that would trigger. That might be uh, helpful for the haunted locations in the Circle Undone. For 2 XP, you get Fabricated Evidence. Damning Testimony enters play with two additional evidence. Blackmail for 2 XP gets you plus two intellect while investigating using Damning Testimony. For 3 XP, you can pick up Extort. When you successfully investigate using Damning Testimony, you may spend one evidence to automatically evade the chosen enemy. For 3 XP, you can Surveil. You may use Damning Testimony's ability to investigate the chosen enemy's location instead of your location. And finally, for 4 XP, you can expose. When you successfully investigate using Damning Testimony, you may spend X evidence to discard the chosen enemy. If it is non-elite, X is that enemy's remaining health. What do you think about uh, Damning Testimony, Matastrophic? So, um, first of all, how the hell is this illicit? It's evidence at a trial. This is like the law. This is like the least illicit thing that like you could have is like this is it this is this is holy this is sacred this is this is testimony and it's it's used to like convict someone how is this illicit you tell me maybe it's from a from an informant like a gang yeah but it's still legal it's it's yeah. it's still legal it's very legal it's like a legal document how how is this how is this damning and and obviously it's because it's an item that takes up your hand slot either a it's those papers that are sitting in the in the front, or you need a hand slot to be able to go objection. You know, like it's it's one of those two. 
So the t so the testimony is the papers, but it's can a legal you, document. Can you like, use an act of desperation to throw the testimony at somebody? Oh, absolutely, and you'd get four resources for doing that. That's more than a gun. Yeah, it hurts. It it hurts as much as a gun, unless you're throwing the glasses at somebody, or maybe you have to be wearing the glasses in order to unleash the testimony. Because you gotta like, you gotta like take your glasses like an anime character, and you have to go, you have to go like this, and then you throw the evidence at the uh, at the enemy. Maybe that's how it works. Anyways, the guard itself though, there's there's a there is a text box in here. I just just in case you forgot, there is a text box beyond the the, the image. So um, I immediately want to compare this to a card that I've played a lot, and that's uh, Fingerprint Kit. So Fingerprint Kit is cost four, takes a hand slot, also an item, and that one exhausts, you investigate at plus one, and if you succeed, you discover two clues instead of one, and that's what, and it costs you a supply to do it. So Damning Testimony, you don't get a bonus, you just investigate normally, there has to be an enemy on the board, okay? There has to be an enemy on the board, and you provoke attacks of opportunity from that enemy. Kind of awful. So as a result, I'm like, I see this as like just fingerprint kit number three and number four, like kind of out of the gate. So not that great, I think. I'd much rather play like lockpicks or something. I mean, it is nice that you can you can use this to get additional clues. That's pretty cool. I admit that. I wish it had like a bonus or something, you know, to get it up to fingerprint kit. But then you go into the upgrades. And I think the problem I have with the upgrades is that you got extort and you've got surveil and you've got expose. So what you end up doing there is you spend evidence to automatically evade enemies or surveil, which I think is kind of the worst one because you spend three XP and you like might lower the shroud of the location, like maybe, you know, it's not worth XP in my opinion. I mean, you just see how how popular in the no is as a card. Yeah, that's a that one's a staple. And then you've got like expose. These are like kind of high cost XP wise. But the problem I have with those is that you spend evidence that could have been used to but to get additional clues, and you're using them to do things that like is not worth spending clues for. Like it extort basically says spend a clue to evade that enemy. Like, would you do that? Probably not, no. Yeah, exactly. Then expose. Would you spend three clues? To like to uh, discard an enemy from the board. No, expose was the one. Exactly. That really was. I'm like, yeah. there's no way I would ever pick up expose. It's just way too yeah, expensive exactly. for for what it is. I think the best thing about damning testimony is the ability to accelerate your clue gaining. Okay, but the thing is, like, you got the extra thing involving an enemy, and it's just like, just okay, just just stick with fingerprint kit or stick with um, I don't know anything else that gives you bonus clues. I mean, fabricated evidence is not so bad because it's kind of like you're spending two XP to have two copies of card that could get you five bonus clues. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. And then like blackmail is pretty classic, you know, plus two, I'm not going to lie, is not bad. Search warrant is, it's nice to have because of things like, um, yeah, because of things like the uh, TCU locations, the haunted locations. So like those top three are pretty good. I wouldn't even bother with honestly the evades. I, what I really wish they did is they had one that was like one ex, one checkbox and let you just not take attacks of opportunity, because you is already has to be an enemy on the board anyway. So at that point, like half the time, the you know, the enemy is going to be engaged with you, and you can't avoid attacks of opportunity. None of the checkboxes let you do that, which is like kind of lame. I, I think like I wish at least extort let you evade it, you know, avoid attacks of opportunity, but it doesn't. Yeah, which is like really too bad. Yeah, this card is a, is a little bit awkward in solo primarily because you have to discover that additional yeah. clue with the chosen enemy's location. So 
typically in solo if if there's an enemy at another location besides you it's probably something like an acolyte or the wizard of the order and that location has not been revealed so there are no clues there anyway so yeah exactly so you've either drawn an enemy and then left that location and then you can go back you're reluctant to go back there so you're sort of scooping the clues in a reverse order than what you would typically do which i don't know i mean i can imagine i can see definite situations where this would be handy like i i always come back to like before the black throne where you're often having to move quicker than you'd like so you're leaving clues behind and so having this and being able to to grab the clues after you move is is helpful but mm-hmm. for the most part in solo i just don't see myself triggering this all that often mm-hmm. i there is a a case if you're playing somebody like trish where extort could come in handy simply because of her her weakness um if she oh right evades the her weakness it automatically disappears so if you're playing just trish play breaking and entering just play breaking and entering. Yeah, extort might be might be worthwhile, yeah. but I mean, again, I haven't played enough of Trish to know that uh, whether this is is worthwhile or not. Yeah, this one kind of just left me. I'm like, it gets you clues, which is good. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of I think you, I probably need to play this in multiplayer to make sure I'm getting the clues. and i I agree like search warrant is nice for those odd situations when you're investigating a terrible location like in tcu where a lot of those haunted effects can be just awful so being able to to ignore that would be nice getting extra clues with fabricated evidence is good and then plus two investigating is nice with damning testimony and and after that i just don't really see myself playing it i mean i I could see extort maybe if you were say i grab i investigate my location i grab a clue there i use extort to evade the enemy next door to me like the acolyte then i move in there and then i'm able to investigate there again i could see that being helpful but am i going to spend three xp on that i don't know yeah i feel like lock picks like kind of does this thing's job better like just play lock picks i mean it takes up a hand slot so you're already juggling with like guns and this and your lock picks and it just seems like a lot of effort and to be honest i think um a lot of what this card does i think breaking and entering level two especially just kind of eclipses it because breaking and entering level two lets you evade enemies and discover clues without provoking attacks of opportunity and if you succeed by three on breaking and entering level two you can do it over and over so if you want the if you want to take care of enemies, just do that. I think what this thing can do that that can't do is discover multiple clues. So if you're already like a high intellect rogue and you're like the primary clue getter, then probably this with fabricated evidence and you're probably in good shape. You know, if like and you're just using it to like get lots of clues. I think would be the way to go. Yeah, I do like the additional clue. I think when I was looking at this on Arkham DB, most of the decks that were using this were were Trish Scarborough decks, probably because of Xdor's ability. But but it doesn't avoid attacks of opportunity. Doesn't avoid attacks of opportunity. Yeah, I I didn't uh, I didn't come up with a deck for this one. It seems like if you're a high <laughs> 
high intellect rogue might be worth a look for the extra clues yeah like i'm envisioning um monterey jack well but monterey monterey can't really upgrade this can he exactly monterey jack at zero xp before he gets lots of secret cards uh what about finn oh yeah finn has four intellect absolutely yeah i can see finn yeah this would work with finn it means that he doesn't have to play fingerprint kits he can use this to accelerate his clues um you know and then over time he can replace this with lock picks you know yeah i can see that working so if you are looking for a way of grabbing some additional clues take a look at uh, damning testimony the next rogue customizable card is friends in low places it is a free event with an intellect and agility skill icon favor trait customizable when you purchase friends in low places choose and record a trait on its upgrade sheet look at the top six cards of your deck for each looked at card with the chosen traits you may spend one resource to add that card to your hand shuffle the remaining cards into your deck now uh, friends in low places has seven customizations uh, it has a nice little slot where you can uh, pick a trait there are dozens and dozens of traits in the game some of them like yeah. item are very very common others like which house are not so uh, choose accordingly for one XP, you can pick up Helpful. When you play Friends in Low Places, you may choose another investigator at your location to resolve its effect. For two XP, you can get Versatile. Choose another trait. When you play Friends in Low Places, you may choose one of the looked at cards with both chosen traits to add to your hand without uh, spending one resource. For two XP bolstering, each card added to your hand by friends in low places gains a uh, wild skill icon until the end of the phase. I think I'm bound to forget this one, especially if I ended up drawing multiple cards with this yeah, card. Yeah, plus it's phase. Oh yeah, and then you gotta, you gotta keep track of which ones in your hand have yeah. the extra, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. this yeah. one I'm bound to, I'd be bound to forget that. Uh, 2 XP you can get clever instead of shuffling the remaining cards into your deck you may place each of them on top of your deck in any order for 2 XP you can get prompt friends in low places gains fast and play during any free triggered ability window there are two 3 XP options the first is experienced increase the number of cards looked at by three so for a total of nine and finally there is swift you may play one of the cards added to your hand paying its cost now way back in the path to carcosa cycle the seekers got no stone unturned which is uh basically mm -hmm. this card but it works on all cards not just mm -hmm. the card with the chosen trait and uh, you don't have to pay resources for no stone unturned either but you only get one card this one gives you the option of spending one resource per card no stone unturns i believe costs two xp or two resources so yep. If you were to use a very common trait like item and spend two resources, you're basically getting two cards where no stun on turn would get you one. And yeah. then uh, you can spend a whole bunch of XP on this thing if you wish to uh, expand the number of cards you get to look at or pick another trait. I didn't actually look too much into how many cards have multiple traits that you would actually pick the two so you wouldn't have to spend the resource. I feel like item and illicit might be a good choice for rogues. 
Yeah, I have a feeling that's where they're going with this. That's that, what they want uh, you to do. Be able to play, yep. you know, pay two XP for versatile, choose illicit and item, and then get a few extra cards off of that without having to pay for them. That would be nice. I'm not entirely sure how helpful helpful would be unless you chose a really generic trait like item, because usually other play we've seen this in other in other cards as well, where it's sort of like other players can trigger things that probably aren't in their deck if you haven't mm-hmm. done it that way what do you think about this one so I, I actually thought about this for quite a bit and one thing i one thing i did notice is that i think item is what your brain initially wants to go to but i think that's the red herring because item i think is handled very well by backpack level two from return to the forgotten age which is like honestly one of the best card draw cards in the game because you can just jam items onto your um, backpack level two and you're in good shape. I don't think this quite gets up to the level of backpack level two for items. On the other hand, what I think this is great for is it lets you slam down a lot of, um, you slam out a lot of resources to get innate skill cards. I think there's something there. Because there are a lot of innate skill cards. They're not all rogue. A lot of them are survivor. Hint, hint, Preston. And I think that, I think that's that's where you want to go is I think you can do things with skill cards because then it's like all right I can draw like four skill cards and then I'm not overloading my hand because these skill cards don't require an action each to play I'm like all right I think we got something there and so the idea is you use friends in low places to like load up your hand with skill cards that you can just trickle out um, as time goes on without having to commit those future play actions to make use of them i think that's where we're going with this also i think innate also works with helpful because um your friend probably might you know, may or may not have a lot of innate skill cards or practiced and either of those are probably pretty good and uh there you go you you can like spend a bunch of money and load up versatile is interesting because you can just do two traits worth of cards and i wouldn't even worry about the looked at cards with the both chosen traits i think i feel like you can tunnel vision on that but i think the way to go with that is you look at six cards or nine if you have experienced and just spend a bunch of money and just load up a whole hand so i think this is like rogue i wouldn't say cryptic research but this is rogue like super preposterous sketches if that makes sense you know where you like grab a bunch of cards off the top of your deck you don't have to worry about drawing weaknesses so it's like yeah there you go I will also say, though, that I think prompt is going to get tabooed. I just know it. Fast draw is broken, and someone's going to break it. And uh, you remember how Black Market got tabooed? Because, you know, fast draw is broken. Prompt's going to get prompt's gonna get tabooed. I just know it. Card draw is good, and this gives you filter draw, especially if you're using something like experience to look at the top nine cards. You've built your deck in such a way that you know which trait you're looking for there's probably enough cards yep. in your deck with said trait to grab them you just need the money and that's something that rogues are generally pretty good at especially if you're playing preston or jenny or somebody who has money rolling in every on a pretty steady stream so yeah a lot of the downsides of this or perceived downsides of this card really aren't downsides at all so it's nice that you can tailor yeah. it to to what you need and and I was just using item as 
I think it's probably the most common trait in the game, but there are certainly others, uh, like you say, like innate, or I think I was looking at, uh, I was thinking about like talent as well, might be. Oh, yeah. Using it as a talent searcher. That's not a bad idea, actually. Because they're, yeah. Because you can use the, you can use talent to grab the three class talents from uh, Edge of the Earth. The, yeah, the uh, composers. Yeah, like. Oh, not the composures. No, the three class talents like um, crafty and brawler, right? right. And prophetic. Yeah, yeah, because those things are really good. But the problem with those is that you have to like dig and find your talent, you know. And there's no real way to do that until now. So like, I think there's something there where you use this as a way to like dig nine cards deep to look for um, something really important like a talent. And mm. then um, your friend, you know, you spend one XP and then, you know, your friend at the table might have some talents that they really like and you can say, hey, here, find your talents. There you go. You're in a good place there. I think the way to look at this is to not tunnel vision on what they're trying to get you to do and that's name talent, name item and elicit. I think if you just break away from that, I think there's a lot you can do there. And then I think you need to resist the urge to use prompt because that's broken and um, it's going to get tabooed. Yeah, yeah. The more we talk about this one, the the more the more I like it. I mean, I already liked it because mm -hmm. because of the draw, and uh, it's nice that uh, that rogues are getting something like this. It's nice that it's level zero, so off class rogues mm -hmm. who may not necessarily have access to seeker cards now have pseudo access to to a card like No Stone Unturned that yeah. they. Uh, they can use and i'm all in favor of that so yeah again i think you know we've been sort of talking about decks that we see these in but i think this one is generally good enough that uh, that it can fit in a in a wide variety of of rogue and off class rogue decks without uh, without too much trouble it's also nice that a lot of the like besides experienced and swift all of the uh, the xp spends are are 2 xp so yeah. You can pick two yeah. like you can pick basically two of the two XP ones and you're still coming under that two XP cap for for off class rogues, which uh, so you know getting Oh like Leo. Yeah. Oh you can do Leo and you can name Ally. Oh yep. there you go. We did it. We did it, Cameron. So yep. Leo's a good option. <laughs> I mean Skids could use this as well. I mean I think pretty much any rogue can can get some yeah. pretty good value out of this just depending on how you build your deck you don't really need to to expend a lot of experience i, I would probably not spend my experience on bolstering simply because i would forget about it but, forget. Uh, yeah it's true and i don't know yeah. clever you know stacking cards on the top of your deck that could come in handy but i think yeah you know most of the time it's just like yeah I, i'll just shuffle my deck and i'll probably get that card back sooner than later so keep in mind with clever it's like okay so the cards that you're putting back on top of your deck are either they're either ones that are not the trait that you want or they're cards that you're not willing to spend one resource on so do you really want them on top of your deck yeah probably not <laughs> you know Is i mean it... the only the only reason i'd probably want clever was like say if i drew my lock picks and i didn't have a lock picks and i'd be like okay i kind of want the lock picks sooner than later mm -hmm. but I think that's sort of just yeah. the price you pay for playing a card, even just like, you know, vanilla, no stone unturned, right? It's like you get to look at the top six. There's probably more than one card in there you want, but you're going to have to just pick one and shuffle the rest. So at least clever that. lets you choose between like if you if you draw, if you find cards and you want to keep them on top, then you can. But if you if they're garbage, you can just shuffle your deck and 
you're fine. Yeah, so at least it does that. So uh, friends in low places is a, is a keeper? I'd say so. Generally useful. Just don't play prompt because it's broken. The final rogue customizable card is Honed Instinct. It's a one-cost event with an agility skill icon. Customizable fast. Play only after one of the following conditions is met. The agenda or act advances, or you succeed at a skill test by three or more. Immediately take an action as if it were your turn, max once per round. Honed Instinct comes with eight customizations. Most of those customizations are simply adding different conditions, all for one XP. I'm just going to run through them quickly. You take damage or horror. A location enters play or is revealed. An enemy engages you. A treachery enters your threat area. You play an asset. So all of those cost uh, one XP. For two XP, you can get sharpened talent during the action. Granted by Honed Instinct, you get plus two to each of your skills. For 3 XP, you can get Impulse Control. You may include up to three copies of Honed Instinct in your deck. Honed Instinct gets minus one cost, so it kind of becomes a... Uh, what were those cards called again? Um, oh, Myriad. Myriad cards. Yeah. And for a whopping 5 XP, you can get Force of Habit. When you play Honed Instinct, you may take two actions instead of one, one at a time, then remove it from the game. So we received... Swift Reflexes back in uh, the Wages of Sin, which is uh, basically this card, except it costs two, uh, two resources and has two agility skill icons and just gives you an extra action. You don't have to meet any condition. This one gives you one, possibly two actions, but you have to meet uh, a condition now. Granted, those conditions are not particularly onerous, at least on the uh, the basic one. Agenda and acts are going to advance eventually, so you're giving up some flexibility there. Or if you can succeed by three, which I mean, if you've got lockpicks in your deck, that's not that difficult to it's do happening. most yeah. of the time. So what do you yeah. think about Honed Instinct? Um, so I, I immediately wanted to compare it to Quick Thinking. So I'm like, all right, so this is kind of like Quick Thinking, you know, I'm, I'm kind of zeroing in on the you succeed on a skill test by three or more. So unlike quick thinking, you have to succeed by three. You have to pay for it. You don't have to play the card until after you've hit the condition, which is kind of nice. But you lose the uh, wild icon that quick thinking provides. So I'm already looking at this as like quick thinking number three and four. And then I was like, okay, well at that point, if if I'm in a deck where I if I'm in a deck where I want quick thinking three and four, then an impulse control seems pretty good. Just do um, quick thinking three, four, and five at that point, and it costs zero. I'm like, okay, that's that's not bad. This this card seems fine. Like it seems like it's, it takes up a lot of space for what it does, given that we have swift reflexes and quick thinking already. And it's like, do I really want to devote five slots to giving myself an spending and spending an event to give myself an extra action? I admit of the responses, I kind of like Killer Instincts. That seems useful. Enemy engages you, you either fight it or, or evade it or something. Like That, that seems pretty good. Um, I also admit Muscle Memory is the one I'm kind of staring at as well because it kind of pays you back the play, you know, having to spend a play action to do a thing. Because play actions can get can really tax you. And then it's like, all right, well, I got muscle memory. I can, like, get the play action back and use it on something else. Like, that, that seems fine. But, like, yeah, this this card is okay. Like, the fact that it costs one kind of kills it for me, I think. Because um, I'd rather just play quick thinking instead. 
But then you've got impulse control, and it's like, all right, I, yeah, it's quick thinking three, four, and five, and it's 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 it seems all right. Yeah, not a not a big fan of it. It seems kind of blah. There you go. Roundabout way of saying this seems kind of blah. Yeah, this this card seems as though the designers were sort of tinkering in the space where quick thinking and swift reflexes already. Uh, reside i know some people were i mean quick thinking is obviously very very popular in rogue decks and has been since it was released in undimensioned and unseen quick reflexes hasn't seen quite as much play i think largely because it costs two resources sort of holds people back there so they basically reduced the resource cost a little bit and tinkered around with sort of restricting when you could play it and then of course gave you the option of spending xp to to make it a little more free and uh but yeah i mean it gives you an extra action so how many of those effects do you need in your deck that's that's something that you'll exactly you'll have to decide like most decks will most rogue decks or decks that can take quick thinking will play two copies so you're getting you know, as long as you can pass that, uh, pass the skill test by, what is it, two or more, three or more? Three. Three. As long as you can pass that skill test by three or more, you're getting an extra action there. And then, so really it's yeah. just like, what are you going to take out of your deck to put this in? Especially if you're going to yeah. go with three copies with impulse control. Yeah. Another thing that you, um, when you mentioned lockpicks, this kind of reminded me of is this set also gave us all take that which is potentially a hell of a lot of action compression, you know, because you can do an investigate test and then use that to get a play action and a bunch of resource actions effectively. So you could really stack up the action compression using I'll take that. So I don't know. This this seems like it kind of fits in a space where it's like, I don't know, it's kind of meh. There are already cards out there that don't require an upgrade sheet that kind of do the same thing. Yeah, it's a it's a rogue ability that we have uh, seen before offers a a new take on it i don't think it uh, certainly doesn't take quick thinking or swift reflexes out of the card pool so uh, just gives you another option for uh, for how you want uh, that effect so that seems to to be the case with the the rogue cards and or the customizable rogue cards anyway you know between yeah it's true between it's true. Uh, friends in low places and this one it seems like they were tinkering around the edges rather than something like the raven quill that we saw in the secret card wars <laughs> like holy hell what's going on here what is going on here it's true it's true yeah the rogue cards they're like they're very basic effects and then you uh just have like a lot of ways to get there Although you have damning testimony, but the ones that do weird things like do evade, deal with enemies are just kind of bad. That's going to do it for our look at the rogue customizable cards in the box. Let us know uh, what you think about them in the uh, comments down below. We always uh, love to hear from you. Any final thoughts, Matastrophic, on the uh, the rogue customizables? Meh. Yeah, I, I actually liked these ones after sort of weaving my way through after raven's quill these were a breath of fresh air simply because oh, yeah, i understood what they did and mm-hmm. it was more like they do a thing and then most of the customizations are just like when you do the thing or sort of tweak how the thing happens but they're not sort of adding brand new abilities which seems to be the case with the with some of the other customizable oh like the seen. like the the what's it the uh the axe 
yeah. that can like make you a coffee and you know and do your homework and you know yeah. row the lawn yeah yeah so i i mean i can see playing playing these cards in in decks and not i i guess one of the biggest issues i've had with with the customizables is when i i typically build my decks on arkham db and so I'm looking at the card list and I'm like, oh, Honed Instinct, what does that do? And then I realize it's a customizable card and then I'm going to actually have to click on the card and then go read the upgrade sheet to figure out what That's it does. And, and at least with the row cards, I know what it does and I know that the customizations oh. only sort of tweak that. They don't yeah. radically alter it to the point where I'm like, I have no idea what the card does anymore, which okay. I can't say That's about some mean. of the others where I'm like, I look at... A card like the raven's quill and i'm like i have no idea what it does i could go look it up but why bother and i just mm -hmm. forget about it as part of deck building and and move on where i think with yeah. especially like friends in low places and honed instinct i'm like yeah okay honed instinct gives me extractions friends gives me cards i know what yeah. they do i'll put them in my deck and worry about the customizations later where some of the others aren't quite as straightforward. Yeah, I can see myself running friends in low places. Just slam a bunch of money out there, draw some cards. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.